Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. There is such a rarefied air of heaven that is in this studio and is going into your home right now. My next guest I was speaking on the telephone to, and he said, Sid, if I don't reveal what God has shown me, next year will be too late. I've been reading statistics that next year our poverty level in the United States will be the worst in 50-50 years. It will either be the best year of your life or the worst year of your life, and he has found ancient biblical mysteries that when implemented on a practical basis result in a supernatural increase that will cause you to be on the right side of the ledger next year. Don't go away. <laughs> Why do so many people realize that many Jewish people prosper? Are there ancient secrets that even Jewish people don't know, but they've been passed on from the Bible, generation after generation after generation, that 96% of the other people don't have a clue about? My guest says, yes. He's been studying an ancient Jewish biblical principle called the Jubilee. Most have heard about this, but they've missed its real meaning. Uh, Craig Hill, tell me about what God showed you about the Jubilee. Well, you know, Sid, I think this is such an important principle. Uh, many people have heard about the Jubilee, but uh, they don't realize actually what's going to happen because they haven't read it. And as, as I was studying Leviticus 25, what I realized is the purpose of the Jubilee is to eliminate debt. That uh, what happens whenever that uh, credit is made available in a free market economy, people will inevitably borrow more money than it's possible to pay back, and oftentimes lenders will lend to people who are uncreditworthy. So it, over a period of maybe 50 years or so, an economy will take on an unsustainable amount of debt. God, being real smart, knew that, and that's why He commanded Israel 
every 50 years, you have a voluntary national debt purge. So you eliminate all debt. And uh, everybody knows that two things are going to happen. There are actually three. Uh, one that everybody knows about is that when Jubilee comes, all debts are forgiven. The second thing that happens is all slaves go free. But the third thing that most people don't realize is all property reverts back to the original owner. So what many, many people thought would happen in Jubilee is, hey, this is wonderful. I can max out my credit cards. I can just borrow and borrow. And then when Jubilee comes, my debt is eliminated. Wait, wait, is that what happened in the United States? Well, that's exactly what we've done. <laughs> I and know. I think people believe that. But what people thought is, I can borrow and borrow and borrow. And then when Jubilee comes, my debts are eliminated and I get to keep all the stuff. But that's not what it says. All the stuff goes back. So what we find is that when Jubilee actually comes, Yes, debts are eliminated and debt slaves. We don't really so much in the United States anyway have slavery per se, but people are slaves to banks and credit card companies and who really control their lives. And when Jubilee comes, those slaves go free. But what people did not get is the property goes back to the original owner, or in this case, it goes back to the bank. And we're actually seeing that happen in the United States right now. And Sid, this is the key thing that God told me that people don't understand that's critical to know. And that is, if you don't voluntarily practice Jubilee, if an economy doesn't have a voluntary mechanism of eliminating its debt, then you get to have an involuntary or a forced jubilee. Now, now when you talk about that third principle of property reverting to the original owner, right. what's going to happen in a forced ju uh, jubilee? Well, when it happens voluntarily, Everybody knows when it is, so it's fair. Everybody can prepare. If, if there are 47 years till Jubilee, you make a totally different business deal than if there are five. Right. When it's forced, you don't know that it's coming. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody blew the trumpet, and I believe it happened in 2008. I believe we're right now in the midst of a Jubilee season. It started in 2008. Somebody blew the trumpet. The stock market took off to the downside. Housing and real estate took off, and uh, people lost lots and lots of value of their houses, and, uh, and nobody knew that was coming. Now, the Bible says in uh, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, we're to be, or it doesn't say we're to be, but it says there were sons of Issachars, right. who were men that understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. I believe that we are meant to be those sons of Issachar who understand, not the ones who are blindsided, who said, well, who could have known these things would happen? This really is an ancient biblical secret recorded in the Bible, in Leviticus 25, that we can study and understand. To take advantage of these, it's going to be the worst of times for most people, including many Bible believers, unfortunately. But it's going to be the best of times for certain people that follow God's Word. Right. Now, tell me two scriptures that are to prove what I just said. Well, we hear a lot about the wealth transfer. Many people have heard there's a wealth transfer coming. And again, people get very excited about that. Oh, it says in Proverbs 13, verse 22, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Right. And so people who understand the new covenant through Messiah Jesus, they understand, well, I'm the righteous because I've been made righteous in Him. And I understand that that's certainly true. But that doesn't really pertain to finances and the handling 
handling of money. I wanted to know what does the Bible say about who is righteous in handling money? Uh, handling money, what is righteousness, what is wickedness? So I just put those two words into my concordance. I immediately came up with Psalm 37, verse 21, and that scripture defines who's the righteous and who's the wicked pertaining to money. And it says, the right, it says, the wicked borrows and does not repay the righteous shows mercy and gives. So if we just plug those biblical definitions into Proverbs 13.22, what we discover is that those who have borrowed and cannot repay, their wealth has been stored up for those who show mercy and give. So there is going to be a huge wealth transfer, but it's going to go from those who have borrowed and cannot repay to those who show mercy and give. That's exactly what happened in the last forced jubilee we had, which was called the Great Depression in the 1930s. Lots and lots of property transferred. My dad was alive at that time. He was a farmer, grew up on a farm. He said, you know, there were our neighbors around us who lost their farms. People, other fr friends lost their businesses, their houses. I said, Dad, why? He said, because they were in debt. They couldn't pay for it. And so what happened was there was a huge transfer of land, of businesses, of properties, houses, and it went from those who could not, who had borrowed and couldn't repay, to whom? to the people who had a little bit of extra cash who bought these things for pennies on a dollar. And Sid, this time is coming again. You know, if you are prepared for this time, there is a unique time, five, six years right now, another two or three of them left, where you will be able to take advantage of this time if you understand that if you're out of debt. Question, and just a brief answer. Yes. I heard a commercial on radio today. And the commercial said that if you will invest uh, in gold and in silver, you will make a lot of money because they're in Washington, D.C., they're printing so much white paper and green ink, there's going to be massive inflation. What do you say about well, that? Well, I think personally just exactly the opposite is taking place. I think we're going to have massive deflation. Now, I think we may have... Hold that thought. We'll be right back after this word. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. The world is experiencing a global economic collapse of epic proportions. Many are like children playing on the seashore, unaware that financial experts see an economic tsunami about to devastate America and the world. Craig Hill has uncovered five ancient Jewish secrets from the Bible that will allow you to not only survive, you will thrive, but you must act now. Call now and get Craig Hill's book, Five Wealth Secrets, and his eight audio CD teaching set, God's Power to Get Wealth. Yours for a donation of $45. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9157. Through this book and audio CD series, you will learn how to apply five ancient Jewish biblical principles that will radically transform your current financial future. Find out how you can implement the year of Jubilee. Gain insight to what the Bible calls sparrow faith. Secure a prosperous future for yourself, your children, and grandchildren. It's time you have a turnaround. And this is God's principles. And God supernaturally will compress time in your life if you will follow His principles. 
Don't miss out on getting Craig Hill's book, Five Wealth Secrets, and his eight audio CD teaching set, God's Power to Get Wealth. Yours for a donation of $45. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9157. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9157 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. <laughs> Hello, Sid Ware, right here with Craig Hill. And in the year 2000, Craig heard from God. And, and I want you to understand that what Craig is going to be explaining to you, he has lived for the last 20 years. He, he is in ministry. But for the last 20 years, he's had a six-figure income having nothing to do with ministry by using biblical principles that Jewish people have taught for years, from generation to generation, that this generation doesn't seem to even understand. What did you hear about the year 2000? Well, you know, what I heard as I traveled all around was a consistent word in churches, get out of debt. And the Lord spoke that to my wife, Jan, and me, the very same thing, get out of debt. Now, we had never used credit cards for debt. We understood that uh, from an early time. And uh, so we didn't have any of that kind of debt, but we had always had a mortgage on our house. And so when I heard that word, get out of debt, I said, well, Lord, surely you don't mean my house mortgage. I mean, that would be impossible. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, well, son, is that debt? I said, well, yeah. And uh, he reminded me of Proverbs 22, verse 7, the borrower is a slave to the lender. And I heard the Lord say, I don't want you to be a slave to anybody, but to have one master, Jesus Christ, and Him alone, and I want you to eliminate that debt. I said, but, 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 but what do you say? It takes 20, 30 years. These are house mortgages. Exactly. You don't just well, eliminate it like we that. Began, we began to do simple things. God told me this, Sid, if you will do natural things, I will do supernatural things. I said, all right, God. But you know, most people aren't willing to do the biblical natural things to trigger God's supernatural. They want it all to happen instantly in instant America. Bottom line, what happened to that big mortgage? So what happened, we did a very simple thing God showed us to do. And what happened is God did something supernatural, and that mortgage was completely eliminated uh, within a, between a year and a half and two years, completely gone. And uh, so we were, we were completely out of debt. And then we could say we only have one master, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have a bunch of other creditors ahead of Him that we have to serve. What is the purpose of working? You know, I, I have asked many people that on, on airplanes as I travel around, and I find many people hate what they do. They don't like what they do. And I'm wondering, why do you work? And they say, well, I have to because I make money. And I thought, you know, if a person is just working to make money, they're really working for a mammon spirit. God intended for us to work for a calling. And, you know, that's an interesting word. When we use the word calling, a lot of people think, well, that just applies to evangelists, to pastors, right. to people in full-time ministry. But no, that can't be true. Otherwise, 90, only 3% of the population is in, involved in some kind of full-time ministry. So what about the other 97% of the people? D don't they have a calling? See, I believe God put every one of us on the planet 
with a purpose, with an intent, something he wanted us to do with our lives. Uh, and what originally, what was that word calling? What did originally That mean? calling meant what you are called by God to do. Not necessarily ministry. Not at all ministry. So you could be called to be an architect. You could be called to be a housewife. You could be called to be an airplane pilot. You could be called to be a truck driver. These are all callings that come from God. And here's what I believe the confusion is, Sid. Many people, when they get out of high school, trade school, or college, they, uh, they ask uh, the question, how can I make the most money? And right. they actually structure their career. And That's what their, I did. Yeah. And their education based on that. You know what the result of that thinking is? 20, 25 years later, they're locked into something that they were never called to do that they don't and, even and like. And guess what? Of course, I wasn't a believer at, at that time. But I spent many, many years chasing dollars, and I was a miserable person. <laughs> I think some of you can relate. Yeah, that's true. And there's a way to transition out of that. I've told many, many people, if you find yourself doing something that you know you're not called to do, you're just doing it for money, stop. Ask God, how can I transition to doing what you've actually called me to do? Is, is money evil? Money is neither good nor evil. It's amoral. You know, here's an interesting thing. In the, in the New Testament alone, there are 215 scriptures on faith, 218 scriptures on salvation, and 2,084 verses on money and finance. My goodness, did you guys know that? <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> now, now, why would Jesus be talking about money and finance 10 times more than about salvation or faith, which are topics most of us would think are pretty important. And I think the reason is many, many people put an awful lot of treasure in money. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. He wasn't after people's money. He was after their hearts. But you know, there's a battle over the heart because there's a spirit that's the opposite of the spirit of God that comes to capture people's hearts and cause them to focus on and love and intensely pursue money. Jesus talked about that spirit in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, when he said, you cannot serve God and mammon. What, what is mammon? I've heard a lot of people say it was money. You know, for all my Christian life, I thought it was just another word for money or maybe greed. But uh, I was astounded when uh, I heard a man give a teaching on the actual uh, foundation or the etymology of that word. And it turns out it was a Canaanite word and it had nothing to do with uh, money or greed. It actually, mammon was the name, the proper name of a god that was worshipped by Canaanite peoples at that time. So it was like Dagon or Baal or Chemon. So, so what was Jesus saying? So Jesus was saying there are two spiritual entities that have power, the spirit of mammon and the spirit of God. Your heart will pursue one of them. If mammon is your God, then you will focus on money and beg God to get you money. God becomes your servant to get you money. Mammon becomes your God that directs your life. That's the opposite of what God had in mind, where God is meant to be the master and I serve Him according to vision and purpose and calling, and money becomes a tool that I press into service to accomplish kingdom purpose. Now, what that spirit of mammon does is create fear in people's hearts. I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to be taken care of. And that causes people to pursue and pursue and pursue money all their life with a deep, intense fear. I'm not going to have enough. I'm not so, going to be taken So care you of. have to determine who your God is. Is it a 
an ancient deity called Mammon? Right. Or is it the kingdom of God and fulfilling God's vision? Let's get into that when we come back. Don't go away. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural! Supernatural Mentoring Kit is finally here! We now return to It's Supernatural! Hello, Sid Roth here with Craig Hill. Now, Craig, some of these uh, teachings that you have is going to revolutionize people's lives. Uh, for instance, uh, tell me something involved with these ancient Jewish secrets. Explain something to me. You know, a very simple thing that I found that Jewish people naturally do is they segregate their money into different jars, whereas most people take all their money and just put it in one jar. And, the, and when they do that, they spend their money first, pay all their bills, and then they try to tithe or give or invest, and there's nothing left. You know what Jewish people usually do? Of course you do. You're Jewish. What they do is they have separate jars. So a Jewish father, for example, teaching his son would say, Son, son don't put all your money in one jar. If I were to give you $10 a week, Take one dollar for the Lord's tithe. Learn how to manage His money. Another dollar for offering. Take another dollar for savings. Take two dollars for investments and the hopes of multiplication. Then take five dollars for spending. Son, so first you tithe, you give, you save, invest, and spend the rest. You know what that little Jewish boy learns to do? To what? take his money and invest it in something that will multiply. I heard of one uh, young boy who just simply lent money to other kids in his school, and you know what happened? Those kids would pay him back double what he lent them, and his money grew and grew and grew. You know, at the end of high school, uh, this is actually one young man that I know. He actually bought his first house for cash when he graduated from high school. Do you know all the other kids around, you know what they did? They had incurred a credit card debt by the time they graduated from high school. Okay, let's get practical right now. Yeah. Uh, there are many people that are watching us that are in a mess financially. Uh, what if someone says, Craig, I want to turn things around. I want to take advantage of this wealth transfer. Uh, but I only have two quarters. <laughs> what would you say to them? Well, the very first thing I would say is this, that uh, the devil tends to paralyze people by causing them to focus on what they don't have and what they can't do. And the way that you first get out is taking what you do have and doing the natural, expecting the supernatural. You know, God just spoke to me that there, there are several people listening, and the reason you're in a terrible mess is because somebody cheated you, somebody lied, somebody betrayed you, 
it was another person's fault that put you in this horrific financial situation that you're experiencing right now. And the Lord is telling me that without forgiving them, you're stuck. You're blocked financially. The key is if you will forgive that person, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a business partner, but they hurt you, they stole from you. And the key is, will you let Jesus pay for what, you, or for what that person did and let his blood be enough to forgive them? If you'll forgive them, that will unblock your financial pipeline and you can begin to prosper. Give me a story about someone that had a supernatural breakthrough, uh, very briefly. A man came to me one time and he, uh, I was counseling him. He said, I have nothing when I asked him to uh, give. I said, I don't believe you. And I actually shook him down. You know, I made him empty his pockets and out fell two quarters. And I I'm said, I'm not saying to you, I have nothing. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I said, you have two quarters. I knew you had something. <laughs> and uh, he looked in terror. He said, but I need that for bus fare to get home. And I live 16 miles away. It's snowing outside. I said, then brother, you're a candidate for a miracle. You are going to give. And you got to know it's not because we need your 50 cents in our ministry. And uh, so he, uh, he gave a nickel. And do you know, Sid, that opened the doors of heaven. And it was the next week he had more money to give. It wasn't long after that he had a job. It wasn't long after that he'd moved out of the basement of the friend's house he was living in, and he had his own apartment. It was supernatural. With what is coming, there isn't that much time. Right. But do you believe if someone does the biblically practical things, there could be a turnaround? They could actually participate in this uh, forced well, jubilee well, that's wealth coming? Is gonna, wealth is going to transfer. So what you do is position yourself on the side of having no debt, being generous in giving. And then the next thing is people that have a little bit of extra cash back in the last jubilee season in the 30s bought houses, farms, businesses, cars for pennies on a dollar. It will happen again within the next year to year and a half's time. That very same thing is going to happen. Those that are out of debt and that are generous, are givers, and have a little bit of extra cash will find that they can buy things for pennies on a dollar. And that, that is going to be just an okay. incredible opportunity. Okay, what he is saying is cash is going to be king. That's right. But what is more important is who's king of your life? Is Jesus king of your life? Is God God in your life? That's more important than money. That's more important than vision. That's more important than anything because all of it comes from him. So you must tell God you're sorry for your sins. You must believe that Jesus died in your place. You must believe that his blood, if you repent and tell him you're sorry for your sins, washes away your sins. You must believe that when you ask him to live inside of you, he will. And you must say that right now because you don't know when your end is going to come. Make Jesus your Messiah and Lord right now. Do not wait. The world is experiencing a global economic collapse of epic proportions. Many are like children playing on the seashore, unaware that financial experts see an economic tsunami about to devastate America and the world. Craig Hill has uncovered five ancient Jewish secrets from the Bible that will allow you to not only survive, you will thrive, but you must act now. 
Call now and get Craig Hill's book, Five Wealth Secrets, and his eight audio CD teaching set, God's Power to Get Wealth. Yours for a donation of $45. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9157. Through this book and audio CD series, you will learn how to apply five ancient Jewish biblical principles that will radically transform your current financial future. Find out how you can implement the year of Jubilee. Gain insight to what the Bible calls sparrow faith. Secure a prosperous future for yourself, your children, and grandchildren. It's time you have a turnaround. And this is God's principles. And God supernaturally will compress time in your life if you will follow his principles. Don't miss out on getting Craig Hill's book, Five Wealth Secrets, and his eight audio CD teaching set, God's Power to Get Wealth. Yours for a donation of $45. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9157. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9157 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural, my guest has such revelation knowledge that he knows the next war. He knows what nations are going to be destroyed next, what nations will survive, what is going to happen, and I want to find out about this.